Hi, welcome back to Geekish Cast. I'm here tonight with Doug from Sturkwork. How you doing, Doug? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Well, great. Hey, so the reason I asked you on was you were one of the first people to start commenting back on our uh, podcast that we were putting out. And you mean there of, were others? There have been a few. <laughs> I've gotten a little hate mail now. Uh-oh. Yeah. We'll, we'll get into that some other time. Oh, just though. imagine if I got into my theories. Oh, well, yeah. Well, we're, gonna get, we're actually going to get into some of those. There we go. Yeah, since uh, it hasn't quite been a month yet since the Star Wars movie has, has been released, we're still going to beat that topic up. And um, so I think one of the first we're going to talk about, and you actually just emailed me about it, and I forgot to read the whole thing. There was, uh, on the Huffington Post, they did the 40 unforgivable errors, or whatever right. they called it on there. And what was your, oh, you were talking about, oh, was one it, of them. the there, breakers, some, right? Yeah, there's some of them that are just easy targets for the, to take down, and I... I wonder about the validity of what this guy was saying in the first place. I, mm-hmm. I just kept getting the vibe that this guy is writing this just to get attention, to be the guy who says, you know, no, 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 against something that's really popular. You know, I be got, that guy. I got that sense, too. And, you know, the, the fellow that wrote, wrote this, it was Seth Abramson, right, if I remember right. right. And he's, I, I checked out his bio a little bit. He's an attorney. He's a writer. He's well-established. And it seemed like he wanted to be a little bit more established just for shitting on right. Star Wars. And I'm, I'm going to nail him right here. Okay. Uh, this is an easy one for anybody who paid any attention to the movie. Number 34, he has uh, How Do the Raftars on Hans Freighter Get Loose? If, oh, you watch, if you watch the movie, you saw Ray actually throw the wrong breaker switches. She admits yeah. it. You see the breaker switches go up. You see the monsters come out. You know, it's, it's like, did this guy yeah, take a pee break at that point? <laughs> I was going to say he must have been out of the room because that, that wasn't even subtle. No, not she, the least bit. Yeah, she kind of looked around and like went, "Oops." That was that was the happy accidental kind of thing that happens in Star Wars. You yeah, know? well, yeah, Star Wars runs on ninety percent coincidence, I think. Right. Which is from there you get right back. Well, how did Han and Chewie find them? I don't know. Let's say it had a a thing that goes off as soon as it gets space bound. And well, then, sure. Yeah, yeah. And they they kind of. I've seen it three times now, and they do kind of. You know, we should have gone back and checked the outer rim or the western rim or whatever it is. And, mm-hmm. You know, they were actively looking for it, and I always wonder, you know, since the Imperials could track it in the first movie, why, well, you know, they're, they're obviously trying to find it, and and it had not flown in so long. Yeah, and that's the other thing. She says it hasn't flown in years, so right. if it's got a beacon that only goes off after it's in space, there right. you go. I mean, it's not yeah. a hard one to get to. I, one thing that bothered me on, on that sequence was it doesn't seem to get very far away from uh, Jakku. You know, it's not like they go into hyperspace or anything on no, their initial flight. So it should have been like, you know, you know, one planet away kind of thing. But that's all right. We'll, we'll chalk that up to happen. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know for sure that J.J. Um, Abrams understands how space works. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't think we as human beings understand how oh, space works. Oh, we absolutely, we absolutely do not. <laughs> But um, you know, and I'm not gonna, I'm not a guy who's gonna shit on Abrams for his Star Trek movies like everybody else, or like a lot of fans do. I think, I think they were fine. But getting from Vulcan to Earth at you know medium warp in four seconds was a little bit of a stretch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so is the, the new transporter in the second one that could transport between you know mm-hmm. across the galaxy kind of thing. But that's all right. Yeah, the less said about that movie, I think the better. You know, not that Cumberbatch <laughs> was a terrible con. Um, no, the, I, just the retread of the second movie was yeah. just—that's hollowed ground to some people. Well, yeah, for me, that's that's <laughs> a 
<laughs> I don't know why you would do that, especially since you were trying to remake Space Seed more than The Wrath of Khan. Right. Right. But, um, okay, well, we'll get back to Star Wars then. I, I didn't mean to run yep. off on that All tangent no there. Um, but, you know, mm-hmm. being able to easily answer a question like that off that guy's list just discredited the whole entire list to me, and then I started going through it like, you know, come on, these are these are conjecture, these are... You know, Star Wars is a is based off old serials. You know, the Flash Gordon, the uh, the, the Buster Crab stuff. What oh was, yeah, yeah. What's the other one? Buck Rogers and that kind of thing. You know, it's the the bad guy always looks like he gets blown up at the last second, but always in the beginning of the next show had magically escaped. And you know, you gotta you have to give it that that buffer. You know. Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, George Lucas wanted to make a Flash Gordon movie. And, oh yeah, yeah. You mentioned that before. Yeah, and when he couldn't get the rights, he created Star Wars. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's very much, you know, if you look at Westerns, Akira Kurosawa and old serials, that's Star Wars. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, even, even the point that the original Star Wars was basically a remake of the Hidden Fortress. Right. Yeah. Which I've never watched and I should. And Well, not to sound I just, like a, I always have read that a million times. <laughs> yeah. Well, not to sound like a total apostate. I think it's okay. It's Japanese filmmaking is a little bit. Symbolic in a culture that I don't quite understand is hard for me to follow. You know right, I mean? right. Yeah. And Star Wars is, you know, it's extremely symbolic. It's 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 a family soap opera. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. It just happens to be set in space. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna I'm back on the web page with the forty unforgivable plot holes now, and I'm gonna kind of run back through this. I know, God, I, I feel bad for picking on the guy, but he shouldn't have put out such a dumb fucking list if he didn't want to get picked <laughs> on. Uh, so number four, Ray becomes nearly as effective a Force user in a few hours as Luke Skywalker did in a few years. Did did she really though? Yeah, that everything of hers is more reactive in yeah. my mind, and it seemed you know, I do from watching it. I wonder how she knew about the Force control. The uh, you know, I say this and you do what I say, that, like she did to the stormtrooper. Mm-hmm. I wonder where she knew about that. Was that all? You know, did she did she, did she get the insight when? Kylo Ren was trying to read her mind, you know, because there was definitely a backlash at that point where she was picking on, you know, picking stuff from him just I, as much as he was from her. I kind of think, and, you know, I could be wrong here, I kind of think his listening information is much more wordplay. Like, he's using suggestion to get them to think of it so he could pick it up. Right. You know what I mean, and I kind of, my thinking is, is that he was trying to get his way into her brain she could almost quote unquote see what he was doing with the force and kind of follow it, you know, follow it back and kind of look at what he was doing. I think that's where she picked it up. Now, my wife has a theory that she was a Jedi in training who had her memory wiped. I don't think she was old enough for that. They show her as a toddler, you know, well, she looked to be about six or seven. If I remember right. I didn't think she was that old, but yeah. you're, you're, that's fine. You, you just see it just for a glimpse, you know. Oh yeah, it's real quick. Um, she's definitely little. Yeah, she's quite young. So, but my wife's theory is that she's a Jedi or a, a Padawan, if they still use that term, who had her memory wiped before she was dropped off. Which I could see, except wasn't that the whole uh, plot line for the game uh, Knights of the Old Republic, the first one? I don't know. You never played that? Sorry. No, no problem. I actually I did I did play it, but I don't remember that. That was what fifteen years ago? Oh was, yeah, quite some time ago. Um and so that one here's the one I keep coming back to. I haven't found it on the list yet. But it was basically how did Kylo Ren get his ass handed to him by two untrained people? 
What are your What are your thoughts on that? Well, I got to agree with you and Paul on the on the first thing. When when he fights Finn, Finn is trying his best to to you know attack, and Kylo Ren's just toying with him. Mm-hmm. And as soon as he tags Kylo Ren, that's it. The fight's immediately over. He just you know Kylo Ren disarms Finn. He's just been playing with him the whole time. But when Ray is fighting him, it's you know she's reacting to what he's throwing at her and keeps pushing her back and pushing her back. And then finally, when she realizes that she needs to let herself go to the force, which again, I don't know where she picked, you know, that that's the way to do it. Mm -hmm. Then she comes back on him. He's obviously really hurt anyway. I mean, he's bleeding out. Mm, Yeah, he is. I mean, people keep calling him the, you know, the, uh, emo Darth Vader wannabe kind of thing. He's actually really tough because Chewbacca nailed him. Well, and that's that's the other thing. Every other time, and they're very clear in showing, every time Chewbacca's rifle or bowcaster hits a shot... It hits hard. It hits hard, and it knocks people around. It should have blown him backwards five or six feet. You know, I wonder if that's a selective shot, too. I wonder if one's like a piercing bullet and the other one's like a grenade launcher kind of thing, you know? Yeah, it could be. I mean, honestly, they don't really give us enough to go on, but... Right. I, my thought was, if we're going to say that it does pick pick up a body and throw him 10, 15 feet, Kylo Ren's got to be pretty damn powerful just to roll with it and take a knee. Right, right. And I think, and maybe maybe other people are reading this wrong, I think Kylo Ren appears to be one of the strongest force users we've seen so far. Because freezing a man and a blaster bolt in air right, on, yeah. a, on a second's notice, it's not like he was waiting for it and it happened. Yep. That that was something I don't think we've ever seen before is freezing that actual bolt. We've seen it hit Vader's hand and dissipate, mm-hmm. but not just sit there frozen, yeah. which is an awesome scene, especially oh. when they you know they follow through and let it fly into the thing and yeah, yeah. startle everybody at the end of the uh, sequence there. Oh, that, that really is a great scene. Yeah, we finally we we saw it a third time last week as well, and um, I actually brought my mom this time. And I could see she was sitting next to me, and we're watching the scene with Kylo and Han Solo on the bridge. And Excellent I, scene. Oh, it's great. And it, she, I just, I, I was kind of watching her body language and the way she like crumpled when Kylo Ren kills him, just crumpled in her seat. But um, the thing there, did you notice? It was almost like having the director sit on your lap and walk you through the scene. Ray and Finn come in through the door at the top. And open the door, and a shaft of light and comes. And the shaft of light, and yeah. it's all about him going to the dark side as the light dissipates across his face and goes away. And yeah, it was heavy. That's where you're heading. It was very yeah. heavy-handed, but I yes, loved it. Was. it. Like it I said, oh, it worked fantastically. In that moment, you see that snow speeder from obviously a missing scene that's probably going to pop up in some director's cut at some point. You know, when they when they get up to that door and they walk in, there's a snow speeder sitting out there, and there's supposed to be a whole sequence missing now. Oh, so you were we were talking about how how Ray knew to trust the Force or right. whatever you call that. I actually picked it up this time on the third viewing when uh, that Maz was it Maz Kanata. Right, right. When she tells her to follow the path. Exactly. She says, "Close your eyes and feel the Force." I believe is what she tells. There her. you go. Yep, that and, would be it. Yep, and so you actually see in the fight that she. And, she, you know, she's bending like a willow in the wind, you know, from, from right. Dune, basically. And she shuts her eyes and everything, like, she takes a breath and then she kicks his ass. But, right. Because um, I'm, I'm still on the uh, the Luke's her daddy. You know what I think? I, I'm sure since you've actually listened to the podcast, you've heard my she's a Kenobi and a Skywalker idea, right? Right. Yeah. right. What do you think about that? 
Uh, it doesn't ring true with me. It wouldn't surprise, you know, if it happened, it's like, okay, that, you know, but it's like we've never seen another Kenobi. And it's kind of, it's like when they hedge in something that doesn't make sense to the story just to make it make sense later. And which Lucas was notoriously doing in the prequels, but. Oh, that's, absolutely, absolutely. That's well, conversation. It's that also, the, like, we tend to forget, you know what, let me see here. We tend to forget, <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, I need to go yell at somebody. Um, little bastard. I think he's being quiet now. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to put them on gas or something before we do this. And, <laughs> um, what was the thing I was going to say? Kenobi. Uh, Kenobi. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm losing my train of thought here. Oh, um. It was actually Vader. You go back and you watch A New Hope. Darth Vader is a boot polisher for Grand Moff Tarkin. He's a second-string right. villain at best. And I have heard that when Lucas was trying to figure out how to go forward from there, and he hired Alan Dean Foster to write... Right. Splinter of the Mind's Eye. He told him, he goes, kill Vader off, he sucks. Like, get rid of him, I need him out of the story. Now, he didn't obviously didn't kill him, but Luke made quick dispatch of him in the story. But right. it wasn't until Empire that Vader became a threat as a villain, that the mythology took any hold, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, story twists started happening. Right, and that kind of goes back to what you and uh, Paul were saying the other day about you know the Jedi and this, and Kenobi lied and all that kind of stuff. And I, I, I know I, I, we emailed a little bit about that, and I, do, do we want to go off on this tangent yet, or, <laughs> you know, I, my, my thoughts is Lucas made the first movie. He had a rough outline in his head, maybe written down for what to do, but I don't think he really had everything as solidified as he likes to pretend he did. You know, I don't think he had that Luke and Leia were brother and sister, for example. I would I would bet money that he didn't because... Or Vader was his father. I, I bet that was nowhere in there. And then later, oh, if I do this, that connects that real nice, and that oh, connects yeah. here, and oh, I could look really smart. Well, I was, you know, I was quite, I was young when those movies came out. I was four when A New Hope came out, um, so maybe seven or eight for Empire, and then nine, gotcha. nine ten, or eleven for Jedi. See, I, I was 10, 13, and 16. Yeah. Well, I had a, an older cousin who ruined Jedi for me. Just spoiled <laughs> just spoiled the shit out of it. And I remember even at, what, 10 or 11, I'm like, wait, so fucking everybody in this movie is related now? Because now not only is Vader his father, but that's his sister, and Han's going to marry her, so they're all... And it was even a stretch for me as a 10-year-old to buy it. It was like, right, right. really? But no, it, how would Vader not know that was his daughter he was interrogating in A New Hope. Exactly. Because, I mean, you know, I, well, we don't know for sure, but I'd have to figure he'd, you know, recognize his wife and her face or something, you know. I mean, haven't the actors actually said that they were all surprised when they read the script for Empire that Vader was the father and they were shocked and, you know, so that was never part of their, you know. I believe their, so. Their themes when they were acting in the first film. Well, and the, I, I don't think I ever knew there would be another film past that, obviously. Right. Well, and back then, you know, sequels were not a guarantee. Actually, sequels were usually really shitty, low-budget affairs. Planet of the Apes just kept getting cheaper and cheaper. Exactly. You know, the last one they shot for Planet of the Apes, they actually had a paperclip and four pennies to make it with. There you go. Exactly. But yeah, so in Empire, as I understand it, and I'd have to go back and reread everything, so I might, hell, I might be making this up. But the scripts, as I understand it, said Obi-Wan killed your father. 
And then when James Earl Jones, his was the only one that said, you know, I am your father. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, that's that's is the that's the way I understand it. Because if you actually get, because I had one back in the '90s, I had a script, a shooting script from Empire, and it had Obi Wan killed your father in the one I had. We're gonna wrap it up there for tonight. Want to remind everybody if you want to reach out and say something to us, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com/slash/geekishcast, on our website at geekishcast.com, or on Twitter. You'll find us at the Geekishcast. Also, we are now on the Tangent Bound Network, which can be found at tangentboundnetwork.com. Please rate us and review us anywhere you find us. Please check out the other shows on the Tangent Bound Network. We'll see you next time. Have a good night.